Welcome to the Gooners Podcast, episode or season six, episode thirty-eight. I love how that intro video Owen starts with Andy does everything studio. Andy does everything except for show up for the show that he claimed he was gonna he was gonna be <laughs> captaining the ship for. So welcome back, Andy. You look very different than the last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we got we got uh, yeah we got we got a duck breaking. Hold on, I got to give you your your intro. Uh, we got a duck breaking uh, appearance today. This is our three hundred and first episode. I completely missed the boat that uh, that our open mic the other day was our three hundredth episode. So uh, that's the kind of fanfare you could expect at the Gooners podcast. But uh, but but starting our fourth century of episodes, we have uh, an absolutely stellar duck breaker, and I'm just I'm trying to go until I can find this. <laughs> French, my friend, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for the intro. Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad I'm finally here. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a while. How come it took you so long to invite me? I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, Andy kept saying we can't have people who are French. And, um, <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, he's not. I mean, it, it has nothing to do with being French. He just loves using his tongue on things. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and as soon as he found out about that he's like all right well that works so we'll have him on so so to tell us a little bit about you i mean i met you through how i meet most people <laughs> through tom canton um and uh and and, and did you just kind of i mean how did you guys meet did you were you one of the members on his podcast did you uh, i mean like, what's the backstory there uh yeah that was um it was a while ago. So he, he kind of reached out. Uh, I think this is even before he had like the members thing and members coming on. He just wanted a few more people, different faces on the pod. Um, and yeah, I, I was like, ah, oh. this was just, I think Emery was there at the time. And um, I was kind of outlining my views on why I didn't like him. And I sent him that video because I had my own little uh, Arsenal football channel at the time. Um, and I was like, yeah, let me let me hop on your thing. And, and it just went from there, really. Um yeah, I'm looking having forward your own to it. I've never actually met channel. any of you guys in person, so I'm not... Yeah, ha having your own Arsenal football channel just makes you a person, apparently. Like, like, like that. that's the qualifications that ever, that anyone has to have. I'm not saying that yours is not, you know, amongst the most premier ones. I'm just saying, uh, you know, I think you're born now with an Arsenal football channel. Like, your social security number, if you're here in the States, and your Arsenal football channel address. Uh, no, but you're brilliant, man. I, I I enjoy you in our chat. I enjoy you on the uh, on on Tom's show. So we it, it's just been way too long. Plus, you know, we need people who are awake at ten o'clock p.m. to come on the show, and, uh, and and you fit the bill. So, you know, I I always talk about how Arsenal needs to be in the top six by Hanukkah. I mean, this whole festive season thing, the Christmas and the new and New Year's and Boxing Day. For me, it's all about Hanukkah. Um, and you know, another huge date in the Arsenal football calendar every year is Rosh Hashanah. Now, I have to say, it's been 14 years since the new year, 57-82, and Arsenal have won every single game this year. Uh, we've allowed zero goals this year. We're joint top of the of the, of the the year 57-82 table, and uh, guess who's bottom? Rock bottom with no goals and six allowed. Ironically <laughs> enough, Tottenham. So, um, you know, people talk shit about that whole second half of the year table last year that started on Boxing Day, and they said it didn't mean anything. No one can argue that the 57-82 table is really what we've all been shooting for. And so we're off to a great start, right, French? 
Yeah, I can't argue with that logic. That's absolutely flawless. Um, obviously, it, it, the other thing that I've personally been watching is the season only starting after international break, you know, all those kind of pre-season games under the belt and we're off to a flying start. Um, and, and I mean, in, in complete seriousness, we have jumped seven places in the last two games. So even if it's mathematically impossible in another two games, we should be top of the league. Yeah, that's right. I mean, oh, and that's you're you're good at maths, right? Yeah, that's my thing. Yeah, <laughs> math yeah. construction and what was the other thing? Uh, box and references. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're learning what Owen's skill set is yeah, week by week. If it's doing with multiplication, building shit, or punching shit, I'm your guy. Well, honestly, uh, I, I will say at this point, Andy uh, is either really taking the piss or something happened at his house. So, uh, I, I, Sorry, I, actually... I, I'm, I know that's a pet hate of yours to cough on a podcast, but I'm trying to be like my, my idol, um, Mr. Uh, LG, the real one. Um, oh, yeah, oh half, yeah, yeah. I was always halfway there because I'm a cunt already and now I'm a coughing cunt. So, yeah, sorry, crack on. You just need to improve the the sniffling and the and the touching your nose and and um, and the not eating of sandwiches, but but I I, I I trust that with time you'll get that down. Thanks. Um, yeah. So um, so yeah, this is also a two. As long as we're doing our laundry here, uh, this is also the two year anniversary of a famous podcast. And I was going to wish Andy a, a happy two year anniversary, but he's not here. Uh, two years ago this week. Arsenal defeated Aston Villa 3-2 after going down 2-0 in the first half. I think we can all remember that game. And and because we are the podcast of knowledge, we are the podcast of strong opinions and righteousness, uh, I need to just point out to the haters that that was the podcast where I pointed out that Guendouzi should be our next captain after Xhaka, uh, where his leadership skills were, were, were shining through, that he was rooted, he was grounded, uh, he clearly loved playing for the badge and, um, and, and that we should extend his contract, give him a raise and make him a uh, captain, uh, despite his young age. So, I mean, got that one right. And, uh, and also I believe in that game, Obama Yang, um, gave Pepe his penalty taking uh, promise for, for Pepe's first goal. So he could get Pepe kind of, you know, his duck broken as well. So, I mean, those leadership qualities shown through. And I think I talked about how, how he gave everything and left it all on the pitch as well. So that's why know. I'm actually I'm actually kind of pissed off because <clears throat> that was the last game I was actually at. Um, so it was Aston Villa where we come back three two, and I'm kind of annoyed because the dates that we lined up to go to our next game is Villa. It's Villa again. You were at that game? Yeah, yeah, I was at it. It was fucking something else when that. Uh, I think it was the Aubameyang free kick was the, the yeah. last goal that went in. It was just absolutely the atmosphere was superb in that game. That day I was traveling for business down to Austin, Texas, which is a fantastic city, by the way, and a fantastic supporters club for Arsenal America. And I, um, I, I got in, checked my, got my luggage, and looked at my phone, and it was already two 0 Aston Villa. Rushed, took an Uber straight, ran straight to the pub where the game was on, showed up at halftime, and we came back. So I mean, again. This is all about me taking credit for 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 things, and uh, and I, I won that game uh, for Arsenal. It was a, a massive game. Then I was still in town for the. I think we beat Forest five nil or something the next day, or, or the next game in the cup. So uh, so yeah, so happy two year anniversary on that, and uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, to catching Villa with just about everybody I've ever met from podcasting. I think is going to be there. So. Uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be fun. I'm just keeping my fingers. I, 
the moment I thought um, when Luzi was going to be our future captain was against Brighton when Leno got injured and <laughs> you just yeah. put pause on fucking Mopa. I was like, yes, this, this is the guy. This is the energy I want. I liked that. I, I mean, people think that, that right people think that's the reason he was banished. People think that's the reason why I, I, you know, don't care for the guy anymore. No, that I loved. I mean, stand up for your teammates. That's fine. It's it's the talking about your wage packet with the with the Brighton players. It's clearly the things that we heard were going behind the scenes with uh, with regards to, you know, not being. Uh, I guess apologetic for or or able to really listen to authority from a from a management standpoint, especially when it came to Arteta coming in. I just sounds like the guy was a real punk who got who got mixed up with the click. 18, 19 year old kid who comes into the squad and whether it's language or just personality, just fell in with the group of people who ultimately would be the ones who were trying to destroy the club from within and seemed to really not want to be part of the new era, which, you know, your Tierney and Saka and Smith Rowe type era. And, and so I have no problems with what the club did with them. Um, I could be completely wrong on that, but we do, you know, we have various rodents and insects that are inside the club that tell us stuff. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So that said, I did, uh, I took my first watch. I watched the first half of the Marseille Ren game. French. How, how is it pronounced? Stadren. Um, and um, I, I gotta say, Guadizzi and Saliba look pretty damn good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, have, have you watched them play at all? That's the problem. He was like, it's like, it's fine when you say fuck you to Mopai and fuck you to the Brighton fans, but he just kept saying fuck you. And then Arteta came in, I was like, fuck you too. And it's like, all right, bro, yeah. you, you have to have another switch. And yeah, that's where he went wrong. But he's a kid, yeah. hopefully, he figures it out, but it won't be with us, unfortunately. That's that's the only problem. No, it won't it's, be. It's, it, it, it's the maturity level was wasn't there and inconsistent morals. Does that remind you of anybody else? Can you see a reason as to why those two people maybe clashed? <laughs> you talking about me? No, no, you definitely no. You're you don't have inconsistent morals. They're consistently not there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 Let's talk about modern day football, not some trillion. Yeah, definitely, football. definitely, definitely. So, uh, I'm going to go off of Andy's uh, outline, which he was kind enough to give us. <laughs> Otherwise, we just we would be ending the podcast right now. Um, I was pretty excited at this eleven that got that got put out uh, before the game. I mean, I you know there there would have been. It, it's the first time I've ever looked at our squad and who was available and say I'd really only make one change to that. Um, and you know we we've just talked about how tactically and 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 predictably astute that I am and that I'm always right. So clearly, you know, I would have I would have made one change, and I think it's the obvious one. I mean, Lacanda, uh, yeah, I would have put Guendouzi back in and Saliba. Um, yeah, I mean, Lacanga over who was it that started? Um, well, probably was, was by himself almost, wasn't he? In in the yeah. in the lineup, it was yeah because Odegaard was playing more as Odegaard, a yeah, yeah, it was deeper, yeah. yeah. And 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 I wasn't even fully fully committed to that because you know against a team like Burnley you know as opposed to a, a, a team with the greater capacity to expose it I mean playing Odegaard deep and ESR at the same time you know worthwhile risks to take I think but but uh, French what did you I mean is this is that our strongest eleven how close is it what, what changes would you have made 
I mean, I think there's def with Arteta, it's going to be a bit of a, a Swiss Army knife type of situation where he just changes the formation to some degree and and maybe the kind of the look of the lineup depending on on who we've got. I like the fact that we've got a settled back five at this point. Like it, it seems like Ramsdale's going to be our number one. I think Leno's going to play some games, obviously, but um Gabriel and White that's the partnership if Tierney's fit he starts and if Tomoyasu's fit so it like it looks like he's going to start and it was it's nice to just have that solidity penciled in um this was exciting to have like really well five um out and out kind of what we consider attackers on the pitch um and have obviously Odegaard coming a little bit deeper uh and and we'll party with a little bit probably too much responsibility but it was an exciting and it was um, a positive kind of initiative. And I, I was I was really happy to see that that's the, the route that Arteta is deciding to go down um, when his next really like he's up against the wall. He's got no choice. And so it would be easy to kind of, you know, come in and go defensive and, and you know, play old names that we know. And he was like, nah, fuck it. We're going to go with the new guys. I trust them. This is what it is. Um, we haven't even seen Lacazette for a couple of games, which is interesting. And it just the, the confidence he's putting in these young players, I think it's great. Um, whether it completely worked, I don't know. I think when Sambi came on, it looked much better in terms of party not having quite so much to do. Um, it just seemed like as soon as Sambi came on, there was always someone there to pass to uh, for, for either fullback. There was always someone on, on one particular side uh, to just take care of things. Whereas before there was a lot of, you know, that kind of gesturing in the air and they kind of almost kick the ball, but then they don't. And then it's like, all right, fine, we'll go back. And so I, I think, yeah, it's definitely going to be a Swiss Army nice kind of thing. But but I like the intention. I was really happy to see that. So there was no complaints for sure. Hopefully it's a Swiss Army knife with nothing relate, remotely Swiss about it. <laughs> <laughs> because, because uh, yeah, I mean, I, someone who's always put in some very good comments in the chat until this one, um, uh, where is it? I lost it, which is, uh, I think he basically said, and I hope that his tongue in cheek is that uh, he would put Lord Jaka in instead of Thomas in the next game. Um, there, there's no place for that in here. Um, but spe speaking of Guendouzi, though, um, and, and I want your opinion on this too, Owen, but but French, the, the Sambi Lakanga has started his Arsenal career much in the same way that Guendouzi did, where he might have been thought of as kind of one for the future. Uh, I think we all thought Guendouzi was going straight to the U21s or 23s. I don't think anyone thought that about Lakanga, but we didn't anticipate him getting the kind of time that he got, and he's been off to a fantastic start. We then saw Guendouzi kind of regress a little bit after that. They're not the same type of players in, in any way, shape, or form, for good or for, for better or for worse. But, you know, do you worry about too much too soon for him, or, or is he your – you know, I, I won't say Basuma replacement, but like, is he the guy now that needs to make Xhaka and Elneny and all those other guys have spot duty because he starts every game? I would love to say that's the case. I've got a feeling Xhaka is just going to do Xhaka stuff and end up back in that 11 consistently because that's just what he does one way or another when he's there. But in terms of the comparison, for me, the thing with Gwendouzi, right? Like when, when Emery was there, that midfield was pretty much empty there was just huge wide spaces and Guendouzi was just like this marauding lunatic who just turn up in random places and get fouls and pop the ball around with no real consistent defined role as to what exists he's like a, a he's not really a six and he's not really an eight and he's just there and he, he does good things whereas 
Arteta's system is kind of the opposite in the sense that everyone's quite regimented and everyone has a clear role and a consistent kind of expectation of where they're supposed to be. And and we can see it in terms of how it builds up. It doesn't always work, but we can see the kind of regimented structure of how we play. Um, and the fact that Sammy's just slotted in and done so well and, and looked like an upgrade on so many of our senior players um, in a system that is quite regimented, that asks a lot of him, um, that puts a lot of responsibility on him, for me is is an incredibly positive sign. And I, I don't really have that concern because ultimately Xhaka and Partey, whilst not being, you know, um, amazing as probably not, it's top six quality, it's probably not even top four quality. Um, it's not an awful midfield pairing. You know, if, if Sambi has a bad couple of months or, you know, during AFCON, Jack has to step up with maybe Maitland-Niles or whoever's going to be around. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world to have Jack to fall back on. Um, so it's not really a concern for me. I'm just really impressed. And I continue to be impressed every time he plays because he looked good before he came, like when you watch the little YouTube comps. Um, but it's a whole different thing to step in on a Premier League match day, you know, wearing Arsenal kit and and looking the part, and he really does. Um, oh, he he looks every bit the part. You know, I I'm, I'm not one to make transfer decisions based on Afcon and other like you know relatively short in the grand scheme of things competitions, but it is just now hitting me that Lakanga and jo and and Partey will both be gone at the exact same time for potentially a month or more, and that uh, that is, I mean, you know, this whole don't sign Onana because of of afcon thing you can get yeah and basuma you can get out of here with that but but yeah i <laughs> all right so uh owen lakanga um other than afcon i mean are you is he your your your, your nailed on starter in that situation I mean, we, we can we can talk about he's not, the whole... a, he's not eligible for a, he he's belgium international does he not why why did i let you talk me into that french <laughs> he's belgium well he played for England. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, a Belgian, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he plays yeah. Belgian. So. Before, no, before anyone <laughs> cast aspersions upon me making assumptions, I was just following along with... <laughs> he, 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 yeah, he literally played for Belgium in the last international break. Like, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. but, um, like, but walker shelves in the <laughs> first of all, yes. And now I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get cancelled. You know. I, just gonna... <laughs> I thought it was just maths. I didn't know you did countries. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. Tom does geography. I, I, I do math but, and um, Jewish holidays. So those are my two things. But, but yeah. I mean, the, the point still is that, you know, if he is bad for a couple of seasons, Jack could be in there. It's all right, isn't it? Uh, I think that this just highlights for me that... <laughs> <laughs> that we Aston, no, I do not yeah. think they all come from. And, it, and it's spelled with a capital B, Aston. Spelled with a capital B, B since we're correct. Capital B, yes. Yeah, grammar, bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please get me out of this, Owen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're good. I'll, I'll, I'll get you out of it. Um, no, I think this just highlights the fact that we don't need to necessarily make these big marquee signings, that the business has to be sensible. Sensible. Now, I think what we've seen, what we've seen against Burnley was what Michaela Arteta wants to eventually uh, move to, that 4-3-3 that, uh, with uh, just one sitting number six and, and two more creative box-to-box -box midfielders ahead of him. Unfortunately, I think that he doesn't have the personnel to do that just yet. I think what we're doing, uh, I think what we're starting to see is a manager who knows he may be on limited time and now he wants to maybe start um, accelerating, getting those ideas onto the pitch a bit, a bit faster. Unfortunately, I still think that 
um I think the, the the increased levels of performance we we've seen, and I, I said this about Norwich as well, is is that we're upgrading on on personnel, we're upgrading individually on players in certain positions, and that's going to radiate throughout the squad to give us a better performance. But I'm uh, I'm still seeing systemic problems in terms of building up play through midfield. Um, I'm still seeing um systemic problems uh, in terms of our wingers coming in from wide and and, and making those runs across the box, you know, to the far post. Um, there's just not a lot of organisation. It seems to it seems to me like it's very very rigid up until the final third, and then they're just absolutely absolutely shot of ideas when it comes to attacking creativity. Um, are almost like the shackles on them that they're not allowed to get too much out of position. Like they're maybe overcoached. Um, so that's where my worries come comes with Mikel Arteta at the minute. But in regards to Sami Lukonga, I think that that's our ideal partnership at the minute i think that a double pivot of Partey and lakonga um is what probably will be best i think that granite jacka coming back from his suspension has an absolute task on his hands um getting lakonga out of the side that's not to say mikhail arteta won't have he should he should and that's the problem that's just what i was going to say that's the, the caveat is is that mikhail arteta has shown to be inconsistent with his decision making at times and for me sambi lakonga has probably been our most consistent player he brings a sense of calm to the midfield maybe arguably even more so than thomas Partey, in terms of his on the on the ball um retention um but yeah look it's a uh, for me it's something i don't have a lot of faith in it's something that i think mikhail arteta has shown over um a fair amount of time now that he sometimes doesn't have the capabilities to make those tough decisions um to sort of exclude high profile players um when it's needed i i think on the burnley game like i'm totally with you with the coaching of the attack thing and that's really been like the main question for me um in terms of the last like few months once the defense got all right that was the next step the last game against Burnley, I I don't really I find it hard to really like say that that was our problem. I think there was a lot of just poor passing in the final third, which I can only really look at the players for. Um, you know, Asaka had a lot of poor touches. Pepe did as well. Um, there was a lot of times where obviously there was all kinds of talk about the the turf being all kind you know dry and a bit long and da da da. But there was yeah, just I mean you know that hit the ball harder. You know that's what Burnley do. It's not like a new thing that they've just come up with this season. Yeah, weird so, turf never like hurt a golfer. I mean, but they do just you, adjust to. But, 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 but do do you think French looking at that? Because for me, as somebody who like like yourself, I'm sure played football for uh, a long time and and have managed as well, is that <clears throat> it almost seems to me like the players are almost afraid to misplace a pass, to be too adventurous, because I've got a feeling that that they get over-criticised for making a mistake and losing possession. Because he, Mikel Arteta seems to me like a stickler for somebody who, who wants to retain the ball for as long as possible. But I can't remember the last time I've seen somebody get the ball kicked in front of them. Every single person <clears throat> is facing our own goal and getting the ball with their back to the opposition's goal, and that's just not the right way to play football. You need to be, and, and I agree with that. But I think people, I, I, I noticed that as well. There's a lot of passing to feet, but often people are making the runs, and then the pass is being made behind them. So mm -hmm. again, I think there's an element of things not clicking, and maybe the players being low on confidence. But I do think we we had a lot of like potential chances, or just before the the chance creation kind of moments in that game 
where it was just not clicking in the final third. And I, you know, Arteta can't pass the ball like for them. So I don't know. I, <laughs> hey. <laughs> so I don't know. I hear you, but I, I do feel like in the last game, we, we should have had a few more chances and it was down to the players not having the quality rather than um, us not being able to get there. You know, there's a little bit of symmetry going on here because last year, right before the North London Derby, the captain of the ship showed up late. I uh, um, what's go? Uh, there's this thing called time zones and Siri, where like you can say Siri, what time is eight? Uh, when is ten o'clock p.m. UK time? And it'll translate it to Denver, and and you'll know. So my mother <laughs> told me. They had, daylight, they had daylight savings in England, so I assumed it was four. <laughs> That's not even true. Fuck it, I swear to God, I swear <laughs> to God, it is true. So I was just working out when I saw Owen's text being like, "Rosie, where are you?" <laughs> or something. I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> I'm I'm trying to and work. Now, and now he's just realised that the dogs ate his fucking homework too. With <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to work a fool. I'm trying to work out whether this this like this daylight saving time would have even would would have made you an hour earlier or an hour late even because that might just even end up being a bogus explanation. But. Uh, dude, like I even uh, look at this. I was working out. I was going to go to 30 miles and then stop, and then I saw the text. I got to 28.6. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> sorry, sorry, boys. No, you're a little rusty with this. So yeah. So so first of all, we've 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 broken our duck with French. Uh, French, yes, convinced, French convinced me that Sambu Lakanga was from Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I went with it like an idiot. Um, Aston called us out, uh, and we're canceled. So, so this is our, this our 301st and final Gunners podcast show. And uh, I'm and surprised I'm it took this vlog to get canceled. I'm glad I know we, I, the over under was 299 shows that we would get canceled, or no, or was it 2.9 shows? So um, are you going so off the gonna, agenda? I at least wrote for this. We we are we are moving along your agenda. We basically uh, pretty much just we 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 talked about Lakanga. We're starting to really get into the fact that uh, there really is no fluidity up front. Owen and French have carried that conversation because again, I am whatever the opposite of tactical noose. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm like noosical tactics or whatever it is. But uh, but yeah, you had written in there that uh, you know, kind of, is there a better combination? Than what we've been seeing with Saka, Pepe, Abba, and ESR, are we going to see a um, you know? And 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 I'll throw this to you, Andy. Put you put you right in the fire to answer your own question. I mean, what we we've got Martinelli on the bench. We've got Balogun in there. I mean, is there is there a way to un unlock creativity better than we have, or is it just going to come down to to them grasping Arteta's what he's trying to do and and executing it better? Yeah, absolutely. I want to say hi to Aston, Danny, Mike, uh, Bearded Gooner, all the people in the chat saying hi. And, and Danny's right. I am here an hour early. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, for me, you know, when you look at that front four that we had and with Odegaard right behind them, right, as I put, like, he's a center midfielder, and that's probably why you were talking about, you know, Sammy not starting and maybe him being there. I just – for me, like, I just don't see Pepe as the as the choice. I don't understand why he keeps starting. I don't rate him at all. You know, his first touch is awful. If you're a defender and you're marking him, you know exactly what he's going to do every time. 
He maybe has one game where he's brilliant. It's usually against poor opposition. Well, you know, I don't know. And like Sokka and Emil Smith Rowe are so young, they get marked out of the game like they did on Saturday. And it's like it took him a while to get into it. But I just I, I just don't see where that spark is going to come. And you thought it would be Odegaard, right? So why not push Sokka outright, drop Pepe to the bench, put Odegaard in that attacking position, slot in Lekonga into center midfield where Odegaard was. And I think you're you, you have a better attack. But just something's not right, and and I don't know. Oh, and is it is it Arteta's system? Because like even if you have a front four of that talented of players, regardless of the system, you're gonna get moving right. Channels are gonna get run into. You're gonna create. Aubameyang shouldn't be in this drought. Like it's just it just seems odd. It's like yeah. they're first up front. It's a, you're it's drawing the negativity out of the fan base right now. With you know, <laughs> negative, Mikey is uh, is is with you about that. So, yeah, sure. no. It, look, oh, here's here's oh, what I'm I, sorry, say. Owen. Before, am I the only one that's not on the Pepe boat, or are there other people that haven't like? There are a tremendous amount of people that aren't I on the don't. Pepe boat. I'm 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 still on the Pepe boat, but you're I, not I, alone. I, don't worry, I'm going to cover that with this, okay? But I think this is like a double-edged sword type of thing. Um, I think that there is systemic issues in terms of our uh, attacking game because and, and and this might be this might get me a bit of trouble there's going to be a few things here that gets me a bit of trouble in the chat i'm sure i mean let's uh, just get not, it all out as well not that kind of trouble like you get yourself into like football trouble where people won't like my opinions um so oh, i <laughs> i actually think that when you look at Bakay Osaka and Emil Smith Rowe, in terms of the chances that they create, the shots they take, I actually think they've slightly regressed in that sense. I think that their passing game has improved. I think that the, the way that they carry themselves, the, the, how comfortable they are on the pitch has improved. But I think that that that, that little sparkle that they had when they first burst on the scene has been almost drained out of them, um, especially Emil Smith Rowe. Uh, and that that goes back to my point again about maybe them being over scrutinized for for making mistakes. The only thing I will say is about Saka and Mil Smith Rowe and the whole Pepe thing is that this is my problem, and this isn't to say anything about either Emil Smith Rowe or Saka. They're both absolutely flawless play, like fantastic players in my opinion, and will be fantastic players in the future. But Nicola Pepe. As you said, Andy, has a bad touch, loses the ball a lot, yet he still has double, uh, probably double the goal and assist output of, of Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe combined last season. You know, <clears throat> so does that say something about Nicola Pepe or does that say something about Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka? And my problem isn't with them as players, it's with where we are and the amount, the amount of pressure that we are putting both of these kids, when they're just not ready to take that kind of pressure on. Um, and this is what I mean by this is the other thing that's going to get me into a little bit of trouble. <clears throat> if you were to give me a choice over either Emil Smith-Rowe or Saka, I think that Emil Smith-Rowe is the more complete footballer at the minute. I think that Saka's vers versatility gets him more games and more positions and you can rely on him more if you, if you need him. But in terms of being slightly more polished. I think that Emil Smith-Rowe is going under the radar, maybe not of Arsenal fans, but of every other um, fan base. I think that if 
I was to throw my hat on a player that's going to be an absolute star, I think that Emil Smith Rowe is showing every single sign of it. Um, because for me, when you talk about him being marked out of the game um, last week, I think we just didn't do enough to utilize his strengths against Burnley. I don't think you could get. I don't think you could get criticized for saying that. I mean, Emil Smith Rowe has skill sets. I mean, so- Saka, I think, has the bigger upside. But Smith Rowe is a more complete player, and and I mean, my hope is that none of this ends up mattering. But French, this is this is a I mean, this is why man management is a large part of 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 managing a team. And I'm not convicting. This is not the, this is not the hate Arteta show, um, as as Wenger Kid has said in here. Um, this is the hate Wenger Kid show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, it's not not at all. I'm I'm still very much wanting him to succeed, but the. Um, He's got some challenges because some of the th- you know the players that saved the club last season are starting to really kind of look a little bit jaded, um, you know. And and it, do they need a rest? Do they need a, a pep talk? Do they need uh, to be played in a different position? Does Saka need to be moved to the right rather than the left? It's Arteta's job to figure all this out, isn't it? Well, and, and yeah. let me just say this: your name French. Before you jump in, French, I just want to go to Yo-Yo's comment. You know, I don't think we're saying Sokka's poor by any means. I think what what happened to that kid this summer is probably still weighing very heavily on him. And he has obviously got targets on his back. Like Burnley, every time he received the ball, three players were drawn to him. And he's still young. He's still finding his feet. I don't think he's poor. He has been directly involved in a lot of our goals. I don't know that he is equipped with the right players around him. You know, um, when he's with England, he's next level, but those players are have more class than a, a lot of what we have, right? So, you know, that, that happens. If you throw Sokka into City, he's a world beater. When you have better players around you, you're just a better player. He's just in weird form right now. But sorry, French, to cut you off. Um, no, that's right. Yeah, I think, I think first of all, um, what Owen said is I completely agree. I think that's very well said in terms of um, – just the output. If you look at just what they're doing on the pitch, um, there's something to consider. <laughs> I'm um, taking the bullet for you, French. Cause, cause <laughs> um, I was just following you, but then, you know, but yeah, it's, that's my job as a host. I don't know how many players. Um, yeah. So <laughs> is Pepe is our only pri- in prime attacker. And he's like one of our only in prime players. Um, everyone else is like a kid or an old man, pretty much. Um, we he Saka just turned 20. This progression is never linear, and it's ridiculous that he's been so consistently good at his age. Like, it's preposterous. And I think that's maybe, to an extent, totally jaded fans as to what they should expect from, like, um, a young player developing, you know? Um, I, I He's had a not great month by his standards, Um I think everyone would agree to that. And and yet, as many people have mentioned, he's still been involved in so many of our goals. Uh, I think there's also something to be said about not just Saka. I heard someone else mention this. I can't remember who it was, so I'm just going to take credit for it. Um, all Most of the England players haven't looked great since returning from the Euros. Um, you know, all, all around the different squads, whether it be, you know, Foden or um, uh, United, Maguire and, and even Shaw, you know, th- these players are in the kind of blistering format they were in the season before or during the Euros. And and I think, yeah, it takes a huge hit on all of them. Not, you know, to mention Saka, who obviously had, you know, that that um, last kick with a huge amount of pressure. But I think 
on top of all the games that he's played, it's completely natural for him to have a little dip in form. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I'm really not kind of worried about it, but I do think there is something to be said for just sitting him down for a little bit and and dropping him. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not there in the training with him. I don't know what his his um what the the medical staff are saying on him. Maybe he's a player who they want to, you know, he's still very important to what we're doing, even in bad form, and we can try and play him through a bit of poor form. I'm I'm not really too worried about it to be honest because I know if he goes to the bench we've got like Martinelli to come off you know um, we've got other players that we want to see we've got ESR we can put out there it's it's not really a concern for me I just as Owen said I don't really want to put too much pressure on any individual youngster at this point and just yeah enjoy what they do when they do it well when they're not doing great remember how good they are and yeah they're gonna they're gonna be doing it again soon see i think that that's part of the problem here i think and i'm just looking at some of the chat and the reason i'm highlighting this one is because i know that this guy can can take it <laughs> is aston, aston mack and he says he asr was incredibly poor at burnley he was supposed to play as a rotation rotation with Partey and odegaard but really struggled to gather gather the ball from deep areas in the pitch he and, was just trying <laughs> to get you to say per Per, That's yeah, what that whole per, question was built around. That, that one's for you, buddy. No, but see, this is this is where I have my problems because we're actually taking a wee bit of flack in the in the chat for for criticizing Bakayo Saka, and there, it's one thing to say that a player isn't good enough for the, the that oh we'll have to drop him or oh that he's crap sell him, and it's another pl- time to say it's another thing completely to say that his statistical output hasn't been enough, which is factual that he isn't in the best of form which which is factual and then that's basically that's what aston was saying to me and then in, in response he criticized another one of our youngsters saying that he was per which is the exact same thing that i was doing with bakayo saka so that's what i mean like it, it it isn't a direct insult to somebody to say that that they haven't been up to standard um you know that bakayo saka is undoubtedly arguably the best all-round talent that we have coming out of our youth system in terms of you know how high his ceiling could be but unfortunately he just doesn't have them figures you know when you look around the class in 92 at, at manchester united co- coming in they had roy Keane and steve bruce and you know the, eric Cantona to come in with who do these kids have to look to nobody you know all of our senior players are essentially prima donnas they haven't got that mm-hmm. senior figure to, to drag them through and show them the right way to do things. And that's what I mean is that sure they do. They've got Jaka. But exactly that, that, that's a curse more than anything. <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's exactly what I mean. Is that my worry is that we're thrusting them into the spotlight too early in the wrong environment for them to thrive and develop. We this is a small sample size. It is a early. It's early in the season after a after a pretty long summer tournament uh, for for at least a, a, you know one of those guys. And and I, I just think maybe we kind of need to chill. Uh, I mean, we're, everything that we're saying is valid and reasonable to talk about, but I don't think you can really form conclusions yet. So it's a cyclical game. You're going to go through the uh, you know through through the ups and downs, especially when you are you know, 19 or, you know, when you're 19 until you're 20, uh, you know, that's, oh, that's how, that's how it works. I, I do wonder too, though, you know, Owen just brought up the point, like they're young and they're being thrown into, I think he's at the deep end, but what if they're not right? What if Arteta has sat down with a lot of these players and said, listen, you know, he's obviously built a squad for 
a couple seasons from now. But what if he's gone to these players and just said, listen, this is your time to get embedded into the squad. This, th- there's no stress. Just go out there and play. Get the experience. Like, there's no – we're not looking at this squad and going, it's top four. It's not. It, it's just it, – Well, it, no, it I, I, would, I would say that, like, last March and April was the time to do that. Right now is not the time no, to it's, do it's that. It's not, but, I mean, the, the squad isn't top four. You so can't – yeah, but, well, but you – you don't know how this year is going to go, and and frankly, your goal right now is top six. It's not even top four. Well, you know, and like I sent it into the. Group. I don't think you go you go doing that in September. I, no. I agree with you. I think if, like well, no, but I mean, I don't think he's sitting down saying like, oh, this is season's all. I think he, there's an approach to say like, like if you're in the training mold of like Mason Mount, for example, versus Saka, there's a huge pressure. Like they they have a goal of Champions League and league. Whereas the conversations are probably a little bit different for Sokka, Emil Smith Rowe. And I think Sokka and Mount are probably the two most comparable because of. Well, who's, but who's Mount striving to keep out of the starting lineup? Pulisic. Hobbit, uh, um, Pulisic. I mean, Werner. I mean, yeah. It's really like, good players. Whereas right. Sokka's, you know, fighting to keep um, Charlie Patino out of the lineup. Uh, well, <laughs> not I, I directly, but yesterday, I mean, uh, it, it's interesting because, like, for all the doom and gloom from the first two matches, we only sit what four points off of City. Yeah, I mean, the, like, the, but, but you know what I mean? Like in perspective, like we go on a decent run, then we're we're talking about European football, and that this, this is true. By the way, I think Alexis is available on a free. He only wants a million pounds a week, but but uh, bring him back. So. So let's let's move off of the young players and talk about somebody who is still quite young, um, but but seemingly phenomenal for us. A lot of people are calling him rather than Tierney our future captain, and that's Martin Odegaard. Um, I, I have a, a a bone to pick with 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 Lee Dixon here because we we know how Lee feels about that play on the free kick wall where you got a player who lies down, you know, either facing or not facing, depending on whether he's a pussy or not. Um, the you know the the kick, and I didn't unless I'm wrong. And again, I I was at a pub, so I could be wrong. I don't think anyone did that on this free kick uh, that Odegaard took. Thus forth, uh, they they couldn't jump as high as they needed to, and it made it easier for Odegaard. I mean, Odegaard got that ball up over the wall, and it was maybe only halfway up when it went into the goal. I mean, it wasn't like it snuck under the bar. That's that's either a really, 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 really good free kick, or the wall just stood there like, like you know, like rocks. Either way, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. But, uh, but French, I mean, the, the, would you have uh, had you know two or three people stacked up on each other, lying down behind the wall, and then had players stay? Can they do that? Can you have a, a player <laughs> like like Owen and I are going to be on my couch in Highbury when I'm there the next week? Can you have a like, like a player, and then you have another player lying on top of that player? And then another player lying on top of that player, and then the wall Why standing you just put on top of that. Someone on your shoulders. I'm starting. I don't recall seeing a rule against that. I thought you told me. I thought you told me you didn't have tactical now, Mike. Whoa! Do, do one of those like like cheerleading pyramid things. So basically, Mike wants the human centipede the wall. That's what I'm thinking. You told me yeah, you were thinking about it in a way. I, I, I'm obviously coming up to a way where, where people's crotches are, are mashed together, and Andy's just being you know, perfectly reasonable with his. Uh, okay. Yeah. Good point. I, my favorite thing about it was I, I'm pretty sure it went over um, over Barnes's head. I, I think he was a, one of the dudes who just did not jump at all and just kind of 
watched it fly over his head into the goal. There was a freeze frame of the image, and like he was basically Michael Jackson on his tiptoes. And so whoever his coaches probably went back. Getting the moonwalk. (laughs) What the fuck, dude? I mean, look, normally we're critical about Arsenal for like Jaka turning his back or or Bellerin turning his back and stuff. I'm thrilled at how this went, but it just brings up so many questions about football strategy. I mean, I've always wondered why, you know, they don't just get the biggest, fattest goalkeeper that you can and just like have me me stand in the goal. (laughs) Can we rewind about three minutes and deep dive the fact that Mike was asking you, French, (laughs) what you thought about him and Owen making a wall laying on top of each other when they're together in a few weeks. I like someone mentioned the chat so the second time they talked about human centipede today. We, it wouldn't even be a wall. We would just merge to become one person. With well, yeah, we're, we're, we're as one. Well, and the reason I thought about that is because when I told Owen he could stay on my couch instead of in a hotel, what, what did you say? What was your question for me? Top to tail or side by side? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I that's that's the image that was in my head when I was thinking about that. But well, and what's the answer? I, I don't know. We need we need a we need a um oh, to see where it goes. Yeah, I, feel well, like you, I feel like you I feel like you're top of tail. I think you that's what I I think that's what I said. Like do you want his head next to your face or his feet? That's that's the options that yeah. you have. I've seen oh, that, videos really of him that. getting like a pedicure and fuck that. I would rather <laughs> I would rather his penis in my face than his fucking feet up my face. You know what, Owen? I'm gonna go with What's you on that one. I would say, yeah, cock before feet. And I, <laughs> I will say this. Um Ola once crashed at my Airbnb and I was so passed out. I can't I think he top and tailed with me, even though he had his own room to go sleep in. I'm almost certain <laughs> I'm almost certain that he top and tailed with me. So well, and we and we've and we've all seen the uh, of course the, bit, the 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 picture of, of Tom Canton sleeping at my house. Okay, we don't have to play the whole thing. Your butt is so gross. Um, if you ever want to see a grown man cry, take Mike to get a pedicure. Like, no, it wasn't the grown man that was crying. It was the pedicure. It was the whole time oh, yeah. pedicure. <laughs> Do you reckon the Drew straws when you walked in? You know, like I had to that close that place down to fumigate it after we left. Dude, I'm not even kidding. A guy drove through the front door of that place and like smashed in the front, and I'm almost certain it was the lady who did my pedicure. She just needed time off, so she. <laughs> Uh, I've had four, maybe three pedicures in my entire life, and two of them have been with Andy. <laughs> and we've only seen each other three times. <laughs> True. True. Uh, uh, that's so, just, did you guys talk about? I've just lost my job on Lee Judges TV. I'm pretty. Sure. <laughs> did you guys talk about Odegaard and Center Mid already? Um, do we he, think he, that's like, not just? It wasn't just sent a mid. There was times at the start where it was like the full-on Jackerel, right? Like he yeah. came back and almost left back in the build-up, which I thought was interesting. Do you think that that was due to? Do you think that was instructional, or do you think that that was him sort of adapting to, to see what the game needed? Because he done that against Norwich as well. If I'm thinking right, and I think maybe what that is, French, is maybe just like a a level of frustration and the lack of 
um, creative build up and maybe him taking the onus to, to take that upon himself. I think it's both. I, I think there's without a doubt when you look at the the, the heat map, he, I think there's clear instruction because it's so clearly the the thing that Xhaka was doing a, a lot during our build up was dropping into that left back position when Tierney would go forward and kind of helping provide that 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 ball at the left that we love doing. So I think it had to be partially instructional, but at the same time, it completely fits in with his personality and he was demanding it a lot. I think there is a. I, I think you're right that there's a, a point to which he just. He also had a. Uh, he just wanted to dictate the game. He's he's a a technical kind of um, metronome, you know, and he just keeps it ticking over in that way. And and he was fantastic at doing that. But I, I think that's that's a really interesting kind of point because we all think about Sambi pushing Xhaka out of the team, but it'll be interesting if it ends up being Odegaard. And we all thought as well, like right when ESR got the ten and Odegaard got the eight, we're like, well, those numbers are the wrong way around. But if Odegaard's playing this deep, I mean, he's he's not really playing like a like a ten. He's playing, you know, a, a completely different role. Odegaard strikes me as the type of player, probably a little bit similar to Jacques, where he just doesn't give a shit where he plays. If he's on the pitch, he's just happy. You know, like he seems like that type of player. Where he's like, I'll just do whatever I got to do. And if it, you know, I thought he was superb playing in that role. Um, probably had a little bit of confidence knowing that Partey was just behind him, like basically stopping everything and then just passing him the ball and we drove forward but he looked absolutely amazing yeah uh, or any is surprised at his work rate because that was something that was questioned before he came in um you know i i think what we have here and i know people don't like the comparisons but they just there is that comparison we've got a turbocharged mazard ozil i think it's, it's ozil with work rate um, and are you surprised at the amount he's willing to press? Because for me, it seemed like he's almost the man on the straight orchestrating that press. There were times where he was sprinting down the keeper or trying to push the like players up. I mean, I said it a few weeks ago. Like he is everything we wanted in Ozil with the work rate. You know, like he's the entire package. But I also I, think... I didn't surprise me exactly. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say it didn't surprise me exactly because I think he did he did a lot of that kind of pressing roles in in um whenever he's playing at um Madrid or what, Real Sociedad or, or Norway. I think you saw it a lot in this kind of scouting footage. Um so it is something that and obviously it's something that Arteta wanted. So to me it kind of yeah, it's something that I, I kind of expect of him. I know he's gonna be that that kind of leading trigger in the press if he's playing in the front line. He almost sometimes plays in front of the striker uh when we're out of possession. Um but I, I will say, I will say, it, like, if we're honest, Ozil, if he was playing against Burnley, it would have, it, it, it wouldn't have been quite like he, he's not quite Mesut Ozil in terms of the final ball. You know, like he's he's not there. He's he's not on that level. He, he, he might he get doesn't there. Have, but he doesn't not, have but what the, he does. Do. I was just gonna say he he's doesn't have the game of Mesut Ozil. Right? <laughs> Sorry. Let me find the mic. Stop talking. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying he's the pass before the pass. He, yeah. he, he, he's the one who facilitates that that final ball. He doesn't necessarily make it himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember there was like, we played West Ham four or five seasons ago. Um, it's the team you really support, Huh? It's the team you really support. <laughs> Ozil had a, um, a pass 
and the graphic showed like everyone on the pitch going one direction in the flow of play and Ozil just like pinged it across field player was wide open. We score, I think, you know, third or fourth, we scored in that game, but it was just the vision of him. And to French's point, Odegaard doesn't have that. Cause after I saw that graphic, like there were moments where the, the play was going one way and Ozil just like turned on a dime. And all of a sudden it was a different direction. And you're just like, Jesus, like he, and, and he was never facing that way. He just knew the player was there. I, I, Is that something you can I'm acquire quite, with time though? And, and I'm just going to say, I'm not, I'm not quite sure that that, <clears throat> that that's a fair judgment just yet, because what I think that, I think as Arsenal fans, what we have done is we massively underrated the team that we had at the time. Alexis Sanchez, Theo Walcott, Olivia Giroud, name whoever, Thomas Rosicki, all these players. I don't think that Udegaard has that movement or experience yeah. or, or, or know-how in front of him yet because there has been times, I think there was like a real pinpoint ball that he dinked over the top to Tierney maybe, and it was literally inches in terms of room room for error. Um so I think he does have that ability. I just think it's going to take a while to shine through. And I think as much as um, Odegaard, even though he was here for six months last time, I think it, it's going to take not only him time to learn to play, play with the players he's playing with, but it's going to take those players time to learn what he's capable of. I think to Mike's point, like you can, I don't think, I think you can coach it, but I to, to like just to say on Owen, like remember when I, I was coaching a team and I had a 15 year old who would put passes into space and there was no one there. And all the parents would yell, stop passing it to nobody. And I'm like, no, 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 that's where someone should have run. And so I think there are just, you've just got players who see the vision and they're yeah, like, they're one step ahead of everyone exactly. that's watching, including like, their own teammates sometimes. She's now like a division one player, which I had her when she was 13. And I could was she see one of the that. ones where I was in the corner with the Diet Coke and the donuts yes. watching? Yes. You, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love this. I, I I agree with this comment from Mark, and I also love how he took the time to find the special O for Odegaard, but not the special O for Ozil. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it were both or none, then 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 okay. But you know, clearly it's showing clear he, a little... it's clear he hates Ozil. Yes, I think the bias is just reeking from that comment, Mark. <laughs> so thank you for that. I'd like to, if we can. No offense, Andy, but I want to try to you know with the time we have left, skip through some of the. I mean, Ben White's been covered ad nauseum on, on all the, 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 the usual podcasts. Thomas Ayew, Gabby, I mean, just absolute studs uh, over the last couple of games. If anyone really Wait, wants to. Thomas Ayew? Who's Thomas Ayew? Tomiyasu, sorry. He plays oh, for Thomas. Ghana. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, he's going to Afghan uh, in a couple of weeks. The one, the, the one thing I'll say on Ben White and his defense, okay, and this is literally a, a, a two-second thing, is that he was bad at the things that he's very good at. Yes, I was yeah, so the same thing. That, we've seen him. Good. We've seen him be great at the things that he's been awful at. That was going to be my point. Like he, like we know he's not this bad, you know. Right, which is why I'm not really getting worried. These aren't systemic no. things. Apparently, these are just yeah. He had a bad game, and and but what makes and, me excited is when he's in his form and Gabrielle's in form. They're going to be superb together. It's going to be exciting. And, and, and yet we still had two clean sheets. Opponent, you know, forget who the opponent was. They still had two clean sheets. So, I mean, uh, Barnes is not someone that we've typically had a great deal of success keeping out of our, the back of our net. And, and I, so, absolutely, uh, I absolutely love how it's like people consider it the standard test, you know, playing against Barnes and Wood. 
when they're, 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 they're just guys that always seem to be like the so good. Long. Burnley would be finishing in the top fucking six every year. It's like they, well, they, if they, they played us every game, they would finish in the top six every year because Barnes and Shane Long and and that other jackass um, that played at QPR for a while. Um, those shout guys out, just shout out to the Charlie Austin. We, we, we had the best football banner ever. We played Spain, um, in the Euros, maybe. And the, a fan held up a banner saying, You've got uh, Xavi and Iniesta, but we have got long cocks. <laughs> <laughs> Is that and, and he's going to Afghan as well? Um, <laughs> all right, so. If you have a question, and I, I, given the theme and the way this podcast has got, I almost hesitate to ask. But user question in the uh, in the chat, please put them up there with the with the with the big Q. Um, and I, I want to get your thoughts on you know everyone's talking about what you do for for Spurs with the starting eleven. Let's talk about Wimbledon two days from now um, because there's a lot of different ways we could go with this. I mean, look, we're not playing two games every week, so playing two games on some weeks probably should be okay fitness-wise for some of these players. But we're also playing an opponent that maybe you could make seven, eight, even nine changes for. Um, Where's Lacazette? Well, he's one to, he's one to talk about because he's he's perfectly fit as far as anybody knows, just hasn't figured into the last couple games. So starting with you, Andy, do you go with a you know with a couple of changes for, for Wednesday or do you go with a completely changed around lineup? Considering it spurs – um, I'm talking about when. Oh, you mean the game? Yeah, after? yeah. Considering it's Spurs at the weekend, I would go with a complete overhaul. I would play your Lacazettes. Your I would even what's that young kid's name? Patino. How many Lacazettes do we have though? I would put. Uh, was it Patino? Patano. Patino. <laughs> Patano. <laughs> I would put him in. Rick Patino. Um, I think we should give our our third choice keeper Bird Leno a run out. You know, keep him fresh. Uh, yeah, I, I would change because, listen. Give, give Carl Hine a break and just play Leno instead? Yeah. W- Wimbledon is not going to cause us trouble. So I would rest those who need to be rested. I'd give Martinelli a run I'd out. Clip that. <laughs> what? Yeah, cl- clip that. I mean, we better at least have all those guys on the bench like, and, and not wait until the 75th minute when we're down one to Wimbledon to, to bring in the reinforcements. But Yeah. Yeah. I You know, we, we've – like it's clear that these young kids are his plan and that he's going to play them. So give them, give them some rest and just allow some of the other players to get their feet under them. For the record, I agree with you. And all you have to think about is one game. I God, who was it against? It was maybe Sheffield Wednesday, a midweek cup game where in the first 15 minutes of the game, I think Theo Walcott and Chamberlain got hurt. So let's, let's quickly do this, right? So we all agree. Leno's probably going to start in goal. Yeah. Then we're gonna I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> Cedric on the right or Chambers? Cedric. Just because Sophie's in the chat, I'm going to go with Chambers. Okay. Then no, in, he'll play at center back. Then we'll, well, no, because center back's going to be Kalasinich and Holding. <laughs> right. Well, look, if if you're making eight changes, then yes. But let 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 before we start doing your kind of your starting eleven, let me hear from French and Owen. I mean, are are you because one of one of the two of you or both might actually think that we need to kind of keep keep the solidity together, whether it's Wimbledon or Spurs or, or, or Sutton United or whoever. So I'll jump in just be- before, yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm not going to touch on, touch on any individual uh, people that I would, I would include. All I'm going to say is that um, for me, trophies have sort of taken the edge off the lack of success 
um, in the league over recent years. And for me, people like silverware, and that's what football is about. But for me, this year, screw the cup competitions. I care less about either of them, to be honest with you. For me, it's all about progression in the league. So for me, I, I want to see I want to see the kids giving a run out. I, okay, I so you'd make you'd make a lot of changes, French. I'm not thinking about the end of the road of the silverware at this point. I think we just need to win games of football as a club. Um, I think the the team are still shell shocked from that start of the season. I think that's part of what the lack of fluidity that we're seeing is that people are a little bit just yeah, just scared. Like we were saying before, I don't think they're scared of the manager so much as scared of just being ass and and just you know looking terrible and. Well, that's how we've looked for the first three games. So now there's just this element of maybe a bit rushing or snatching at chances or hesitating, and it's just not quite clicking. And if we want it to click, we want to find our rhythm, and we want these strikers to start scoring goals and our creators to start assisting, then for me, it makes sense to really keep that um, lineup very, like, not make too many changes. I think Leno makes sense. Um, I, I wouldn't be, yeah, Lacazette may, like, that, that, might happen to to rest the Bamiang, but Bamiang is goals as well at the same time. So, I, I I really don't expect that many changes to be made. Um, I think I don't see where Balogun's minutes are going to come from if he if he doesn't have some sort of part to play in this sort of game. Well, can he uh, play? Can Balogun play anywhere other than up top? Because Lacazette would almost be the perfect player to be the continuity with a younger lineup, and you know. Yeah. Laka just seems to, to to thrive in that environment, and the players really look up to him. So, can you know? I want to see Martinelli. I want to see Balogun, but I also want to see Lacazette. So, can you can you do that? I think Martinelli can come in. I, I, I like I said, if we don't see Balogun make appearances now, I'm kind of worried. I, if it's it could be another kind of Inketia second half of last season situation where we just it's like why didn't he go out on loan sort of thing. Um, so I want to see Balogun play for that reason. And to be honest. He's more part of our future than Lacazette is, and if you know, there's no real argument for Lacazette to play if we if we haven't we don't intend to play him in the league. We don't ultimately care about the silverware at the end, and he's not gonna be someone we need to keep in form because we don't. Well, to be fair, we might need him at some point. So I think Lacazette will get minutes. I'll be surprised. I, I would start Lacazette on Sunday, uh, but knowing that he's not gonna get started on Sunday, Alba's starting on Sunday if he if he shows up on time. Um, and uh, and you know that. So I'm just looking at Wimbledon because you know when it comes to to you know how easy can we take this team? Never take a team easy. I'm not recommending that. But Wimbledon is is you know points behind Rotherham, Wickham, Plymouth, Plymouth Argyle, and tied on points with Accrington Stanley. Um, and uh, and Accrington Stanley. Um, yeah, Liverpool, isn't it? So so when. When when MK Dons and Wimbledon play oh, each other, there. is that like Strange. a huge derby? I, I don't know that I've ever. I, I didn't realize they were in the same uh, in the same competition this year. But the Wimbledon and Dons is that like a big? Anyone in the chat who might know is that a big uh, a big rivalry now? But anyway, um, so yeah, I I mean I <laughs> they've got to be they're going to be geared up for the game. Unlike West Brom, they're not going to be starting a B team. I would imagine they'll be starting the best that they've got. Question. Has anyone broke it to judges yet that when we when he finds out we're playing Wimbledon that he doesn't get like the center court? <laughs> Has anyone told him that yet? No, I think he's got his prawn sandwich and uh, and and what is it? Mint, the, what what kind of juleps? 
Uh, I think I do think we're going to rotate heavily. I'm on the opposite side of French here. I think they're going to he's going to go with uh with like Martinelli, drop Saka or Pepe, like give give some of these bigger players a rest. Um I, I agree though with Balogun, like if if you're keeping him at the club, this is the ideal fixture for him to come in. I mean, it doesn't make sense to not send him out on loan if you're not going to play him in matches like this. And you never know what Wimbledon, like, Owen, oh, to your point, like Wimbledon may not be looking at this as serious, like West Brom. They may be saying, like, hey, we're going to go to leaks. So we might be playing another Wimbledon under 23s. Well, that's true, because if they are trying to really, you know, get get a push-up to get in the championship, I, I don't know. But, I mean, the, yeah, we're not going to win the League Cup, they're probably saying, so why should we even bother? You, 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 would, see, like, you would see the better team resting players because they think they can coast to a win. But in this competition, you might actually see the opposite. But like when I look at the lineup, I think you know, drop Partey, put El Nini in, right? Um, or Mainsley, Mainsley can play there. Well, I was gonna say put Mainsley as center mid. You know, you can Martinelli, Balogun, uh, Lacazette up front. You know, everyone keeps harping on this Patino guy. Okay, this is a great fixture as well. Put him on the bench or at least like include him somehow, right? Like, you know, I think, I think if uh, if this gives gives us anything, it will give us a sort of preempt as to what the team could be against um Spurs on on Sunday. Um because I think that if the likes of Sambi Lakonga isn't included, you can almost guarantee that he'll he'll be starting as well. Um if Nuno Tavares doesn't play Tavaj as you Noon Tavares. Noon Tavaj, yeah. If he if he doesn't play, you can probably assume that Kieran Tierney isn't back to full fitness yet and that he will likely feature if Lacazette plays, you can guarantee that he won't be playing. So, if, yeah, but then if we win eight nil on Wednesday, then he then he'll probably just leave it unchanged for Sunday from that. Yeah, season. probably probably against Wimbledon under fucking sevens or some shit. But um, yeah, Maybe no, John's uh, grandson comes trotting up. Yeah, Mom, yeah. <laughs> it's not daylight savings. <laughs> Didn't you tell me it was daylight savings in England last weekend? No, it was uh, last weekend in October. Oh, um, busted. It must have been dad. Someone told me because I was thinking. <laughs> oh, busted. <laughs> hey, Mom. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Love that she knew who I was without even seeing. All right. So, anyway, uh, we do have some questions. I had a um, too. Hi, French. Hi, Owen. Hi, uh. All right, go. Lovely, lovely woman. Although I did have to cook my own eggs when I came to his house. So. She's um, making uh, shepherd's pie tonight. Nice, nice. Um, David Ziegler asks uh, of you, Andy, is Rob holding the Joan Juru of Thomas Vermeulen? I feel bad for holding because he's just like been completely kicked out of the squad and he wasn't that bad. Like, like Pablo Mari has been fucking awful and holding must just be sitting there being like, I'm not that bad, right? <laughs> but to well, answer the question, yes. He can, he can at least take solace in the fact that he's here and Saliba isn't, right? I mean, he won that motherfucker. So uh, sorry, so yeah, Mark. She left. All right. Uh, what's our next question here? We uh... oh, Danny had a good question. It was, would we rather oh, yeah, lose yeah. to Wimbledon fourteen nil if we won one nil at Spurs? French fourteen nil. Uh, that's that's Danny watching too much Miami Dolphins yesterday. Yeah, no, because that's like they wouldn't even get remembered. The one nil win versus Spurs would be completely irrelevant. They they would literally not care about it. Not in terms of for us, but for them. Like the entire league would just be laughing at us. That's like historic. Yeah, I mean, fourteen nil. I guess is fucking 
it's not well you know it's it's uh, but I would take I would take a forty nil win against Spurs uh, if we lose one nil to Wimbledon. So we all in agreement that we have to put Danny in a timeout. No, right. no, I I would probably take that. Would you Would you oh. take? Okay, so you would take a fourteen nil loss. Would you take just any loss to Wimbledon if it meant a win? As we know from our private messages in our WhatsApp group, I've got pretty low standards, so this probably <laughs> wouldn't affect me that much. Um, okay. What if what if it was a 14 0 loss, but Wimbledon went on to win the cup? Yeah, fine. Would you yeah, take well, a one nil yeah. win against Spurs if it meant that Lee Judges would have her way with this nice young lady? Who's that? Oh, is that Owen's mom? <laughs> <laughs> this is turning into to that game that Andy hated. Uh, the what's more important than Arsenal? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to find pictures of all your moms. <laughs> this is why I'm so glad that my mother is not on Facebook. Um, although I'm sure it's not hard to find. Tinder. Who else? There was another. Uh... Can I just say that thing behind French, you know, is one of those like partitions where I just have, have a feeling. Is there like a, a, like a sushi bar? sexy women behind there just changing their clothes. Or like a sushi bar or something like that. It does well, also that... look like a sushi bar. There's both, yeah. There's both. I just know. hot, the sexy sexual. woman making sushi. <laughs> it Is also that like... guys podcast. Like... <laughs> no. I love French. French asked me because uh, we almost had him on last week, and then we had to change things around on our end. But uh, he's like, he's like, I can say say stuff on your podcast, right? <laughs> like compared <laughs> compared to Tom's, and I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, I think you could probably do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be starting my own podcast soon, actually, um, which is going to... I've got a couple of, like, sports segments, but a big part of it is relationships, men, women, sex, all that good shit. And it's going to be me and, like, three other girls. Well, three girls and me, so... so me and three like, other girls. Oh, yeah, right. It's literally the opposite of our podcast. <laughs> so, basically, it's just going to be... What's the name of the pod? Uh, I, I've, I'm working <laughs> title is man up. The working title is man up. Yeah. Dude, that is that is awesome. Now, now, you could probably get your podcast onto Pornhub and stay there, whereas ours was ripped off. We had two episodes on Pornhub for like a year or two, and um, and then and then they like somehow changed their algorithm, and we were booted off. Still, my favorite is, is the comment: "Why is this here?" <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone, well, someone came across it, like yeah, <laughs> mid, yeah. And, then, and then they went out of their way to create a profile to comment, "Why is this here?" <laughs> and then when I told Mike, right, when I was like, "Hey, Mike, it'd be really funny if we did this," he did it, which I didn't think he would. But then he texted me, and he's like, "So we don't have porn names." And they ask what category we are. So I put guy on guy. So we're on the gay porn hub. <laughs> I would love to know what the dude starts to find the video. Well, I, 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 you know, I'm an honest, I'm an honest young man. So you know, when he asked, you know, like who who started, and I wasn't going to say there were like two women in it because then then I would have been lying. No. <laughs> man, those were the days. All right, so uh, so someone's got to go pretty soon, but. Um, are you all going to be upset when Abba, Laka, and Jaka are all in the starting 11 on Sunday? Um, yeah, I will be. I would be. I'll be more upset after the game if it doesn't work out. But 
Isn't that isn't Jacker still suspended? Is that the third one of his three? No, no. Wednesday to Wednesday is the third one, and and, oh, and that's yeah. right. That, oh, that's what yeah, yeah, every yeah. every single podcast I've watched or been on the the topic has come up, and and I have not seen one person who truly believes that that Arteta will leave Jaka out. I everyone do. doesn't I want him to play, and everyone knows he's going to play. So, like, what's the meltdown going to be at at four at three thirty p.m. UK time when that lineup comes out? It's it's going to be more anticipated than even like last year when we all would just keep hitting refresh to see if William was playing or not. I, I think the meltdown will be worse at 5 o'clock. 4.06 p.m. when he's left-handed. <laughs> when, he, when, when we're down to 10 men? Yeah. That's where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was like uh, – I, I remember the World Cup. Uh, I think the U.S. was playing against Portugal and – and or, or Portugal was playing against Germany in the same group or so, something happened like that and Pepe – not our Pepe, but you know Real Madrid's Pepe got a red card as he is wont to do in just about every game he plays. And I was just annoyed because I was like, now he's out for the next game, which is cool, but he can't he can't hurt them in the next game by by making them go down to ten. That's kind of how I feel about Jaka. Like I wish we could just get an exception to play him against Wimbledon, get the red done then, and then it's three more. But um, but hey. I. I uh... I do. I, I can't see, based off of the last two matches and the lineup that he's gone with, that he would revert to putting Jaka back in. I just, I just don't see it. That's I, common I think, sense, though. But you, he's in love. No, but I think if anything, that he'll be very aware of the the fan pressure that will come with that decision, and especially if it doesn't pay off. You know, you're talking about a man who was. Two games ago, literally one result away from um, getting the sack, maybe, and and you know two less than ideal performances that that managed to scrape by and get us results aren't really good enough to relieve that pressure. And I think that if he turns around, somebody put in something in the chat there. Somebody, one of our co-hosts, Jared, um, says that if if he doesn't start, uh, like if he doesn't start Ramsdale, you know there was that article which. I'm putting down the nonsense that Leno was promised to start in the North London Derby, which I just can't see that being no. true. But that's not a does, thing. You don't get you don't get promised to start a game that's three games away after a bust up in the train. No, I mean that what what decided whether he would start against North London Derby was Ramsdale starting and playing a blinder uh, over the weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. There is no path back for Leno until Ramsdale does. You know, throws the ball into his own net three times in a game now at this point, other than to play in the cups. So I know that English that is second language, but Mike Hers wrote he wasn't close to get it to get Ting sacked. No, Mike Hers is Jamaican apparently now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, l listen, if Jaka starts on, will we play Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. If Jaka starts on Sunday, but, but we're turning our clocks back on Friday, so a whole day. So, uh, so you'll need to adjust, and it'll be. I will. Hey, you know who won't be listening to that trick ass hoe that just left? You know, because she lied to me. She lied to me. Uh, this isn't going out on iTunes. No one's gonna listen. Um, hey, did you figure out? Two people's mothers are getting absolutely roasted in this podcast today. French. You're not next. We don't. We don't do that to guests. Better than the roasting that Lee Judges gave her. 
I mean, they do call him half pint. <laughs> That's why Owen's so small. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your point, though. About, uh, about... All I would say is if Jaka starts on Sunday, that's it. Arteta is done. Like he is literally done for me. That's it. because Zaka or Ramsdale. I mean, we, either one of them plays. No, like I don't care if Leno plays or if Ramsdale plays. Like both are going to do fine if they're in the goal. But if Xhaka starts, what we've seen out of 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 Lakanga and now Odegaard playing in that position, they're both just naturally better players than Xhaka. So uh, you know, if they both, unless they're if if everyone's healthy. And Jaka starts. That's it for me. I'm done. Ryan Fletcher's having you, Owen. You I'll set him up. I'll take the assist. Well, thank you to the chat. I, I think we, if we're not canceled already, we need, we should end this before it happens. So uh, a, a huge thank you to the chat, uh, Ryan, Mark, uh, John. Thank you for coming in. Uh, no shepherd's pie for for Andy. You're right, uh, Kevin. I'm I'm calling all the people who I know their actual names by their actual names because it makes me. You know, seem kind of more approachable and and nice. Yo-Yo, I have no idea what your real name is, so I'm just going to call you Yo-Yo. Hi, uh, Thanks for joining us, and, uh, and and Danny, of course. Jared, we'll we'll see you very soon. Uh, back on uh, back on the big show, um, and Peter Renner, everybody else, Loki. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate you coming over here after the squad was over, and uh, stay tuned for some big news. You're going to be seeing. Uh, more of me because I'm going to be eating even more and there'll be more to see, but uh, start watching Lee judges TV. If you're not already, because there's some really good content on there and uh, every other Tuesday starting a week from tomorrow, uh, there'll be a bad show that they're putting on and you'll want to watch that because uh, it'll be called Arsenal soup. And, uh, and it has nothing to do with this, but we'll see uh, how that goes. So anyway, Andy, thanks for joining us for half the show. Yeah, sorry, boys. Uh, I really jockeyed that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Owen, good to see you again. It's Thanks for showing up on time. Yeah, and, yeah. Punctual. That's French. Thing. Never been a podcast host. Seriously, French, it's like eleven thirty year. What are you doing awake still? <laughs> was this everything you thought it was going to be? Was is it worse? Is it better? Are you still, uh, you know? Yeah, oh, man, it was, it was good fun. Uh, it was like. I'm bummed. That I, it's like half ten or whatever, and I'm getting fucking nationalities wrong, getting destroyed for it and shit. Like, well, <laughs> but but this is the place to do that, you know. I mean, you you know, nah, we're we're, we're home to 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 everybody. Yeah, yeah, Daniel, what have I missed? Go back and watch. This was uh, <laughs> this was not the the one that that we that we almost won the the uh, the football content award a few years ago for. This is this this was. Uh, I this believe the word is dubious, but yes. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, hope the next time we see you, we will have a, well, I think we'll do an open, open mic after the Wimbledon pod, uh, after the Wimbledon game. We'll, we'll see how that goes. And, uh, and, and that'll be episode 302. Andy, we hit 300 over the weekend. And I didn't even know it. So, <laughs> and I hit 300 a couple of weeks ago. So. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh... so thanks for joining us. Yeah, Remember? And, and for anyone who's watching this but hasn't been able to get iTunes, we are aware and we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, Andy's on the case. Which and means, if anyone uh, is trying to, if anyone in the future is backlogging these on iTunes, that's where a lot of our listens come. We're sorry. Yeah, you. And we, if you're you gonna blame, have... if you're gonna blame anyone, it, and I'm just saying this as we sign off, Mike. Your mom. 
it's a little bit suspicious that the iTunes stopped working when we bought Mike on. <laughs> so you're blaming this on hers, then? I'm just saying it's conspiracy. You're not you're, you're not saying it's his fault, but you're not not I'm not saying. not saying it's his fault. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. Let's go, Gooners. Come on, you Gooners.